the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. Episode 133 of the Severe MMA podcast is here. My name is Sean Sheehan. Like every week, I'm here with the Mincer Sullivich of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. We're going to look through all the news from last week and up to next week in the world of MMA. We're going to talk about the UFC event in Pittsburgh, uh, which was Luke Rockhold against David Branch. We're also going to look at John Jones and his B-test uh, coming back. We're going to look at Cage Warriors in Bama, which had great uh, shows as well over the weekend. And we're probably going to talk a little bit about the boxing match as well. It might, you know, we might talk about that a little bit from the start just, just to get us going here. Graham, an unbelievable weekend of, of sports. How's things with you? Yeah, it was, uh, I, I was at a Irish MMA event or an Irish um, submission or grappling, uh, kickboxing and MMA event. Um, so I got back from that a couple of hours ago. It was, uh, Got a few interviews. Got uh, Norman Park was there, so it's Chris Fields as well. So we got we got interviews with them as well. So uh, a couple of them are up on the website already, and there'll be more coming tomorrow. Sweet. Who else did you interview? Come on, break back some news here for us. Uh, wait and see. Franz Malambo made his uh, his uh, interviewing debut. Oh, did he? Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't know he was actually doing that, but I, uh, there was rumblings of it. There was rumblings, so that should be that should be good to see. Any any impressive displays or anything out in that event? Um, Dylan Logan actually won the the profile. I think it was the only profile. Um, he got a nice submission win, so uh, it was kind of vital for him because he was kind of, <clears throat> you know, when you're when you're in your first few fights, it's important to to not get a bad record to start off and fight uphill. So it was a it was a big fight for him at an early point in his career, and he got a nice submission. He looked crisp on the feet, and uh, he he nearly hit an armor plata at one stage, and yeah, he looked he looked good. He looked uh, he looked better than than he has before. So yeah. Was that the event Johnny Jitsu was boxing Glen Irvin in, or is that yeah, yeah, kickboxing, yeah, yeah, kickboxing? Uh, that go? It ended in a, a no contest. Uh, Johnny Jitsu got kicked <laughs> in the balls and couldn't recover. <laughs> he got what in the balls? Kicked in the balls? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, not nice. It's bad in fairness, I suppose. Was it, was it good up to date, or did it happen? Um, yeah, yeah, Johnny was actually looking good, uh, uh, looking loose, and then uh, he actually kicked Glen Irvine in, in the in the cup first, and then Irvine recovered, and then Irvine kicked him in the in the cup, and he couldn't recover. He was da- he was down for a while, and uh, the ref just uh, called it off in the, in the first round, so it went to a no contest for an accidental uh, low blow. After he, after his cage box on Escobar there a few weeks ago, it's good to see Danny Dutton back. Uh, yeah, sure. I suppose um, otherwise, Man United four 0 again, standard like they do every week. Liverpool, how did Liverpool get on? Actually, I didn't hear. Um, uh, yeah, one all with Sevilla in the in the real in the real shit. <laughs> one all. Oh yeah, what Man United won? Who were Man United? I can't even remember that far. Or was it one all? Two all. Like, two all. Was it? Yeah, two all. Two all. Yeah. Burnley, how did how did Burnley Liverpool play on Burnley this weekend? I believe. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about that provincial nonsense. <laughs> it's all provincial, sure. Europe's a province of the world. Yeah, uh, England, you know, it's just a province of the UK. Like I wouldn't worry about that. It's like the Pro Twelve or the Pro Fourteen or rugby. Nobody cares. This is <laughs> this is the most Liverpool fan <laughs> thing of all time. Just. Just grasping, grasping at straws to to uh, quell their shitness, basically. Sure, yeah. sure. The Man United fans are all coming back out of the woodwork now again. A few wins, and everybody's a Man United fan again. They've all they put they put away their their Blackburn and their Chelsea and Man City jerseys, and now now they're back. 
okay, man, you're not going to win the league anyway, let's be honest. Even though they're kind of shit today, but still, they're still. Uh, man, City are looking pretty good as well, though. Yeah, they are actually in fairness, Man City they are looking good, but sure. Even Raheem Sterling scored a penalty. Jesus, Raheem Sterling scores. That's that that can't be right. That FIFA penalty look, as well. The, I don't know what was going on. I don't know why he was taking it. I wouldn't trust him to take it. Well, I suppose it was already dead and buried, so it didn't really matter. As a proud Dublin man, how would you feel about Dublin in the All Ireland? Uh, uh actually, I, only, I was at the, uh, the MMA event. So what happened? Dublin, it was absolutely disgusting. Like you know, Mayo haven't won in, like fifty years or something, and they were they were two points up, played really really well. They were the better team, like two points up with like five six minutes to go, and then Dublin ended up winning by a point, scored like the fifth minute of injury time. There wasn't like there's was six minutes added on, and you would have gone insane. Like if you cared about it, like it was just a joke. I'd on six minutes. I don't know someone might have died, and we didn't see it in the crowd or something. Like, but I don't know what they added that on for. But yeah. Dublin didn't add deserve it. I, I like uh, more time being added on, though. In soccer, it's the same. And they just add on, like, between two and five, kind of automatically, unless something ridiculous happens. And, and like, there's just so much more time wasted. There's probably, like, a good 20 minutes of each half wasted. Like. Yeah. Yeah, poor man. I feel sorry for him. But, uh... Nah, no, Dublin, don't, like, they... <laughs> Double, double. They seem to they seem to be pretty good. Like I think they've they've won a few in a row now, have they? Professionals, yeah, three in a row. Sure, they're, they're professional teams against amateur teams. So it's not really fair. Are they pros? Yeah. Eh? Basically, yeah. Basically, yeah. are there? <laughs> There's so many people going to be getting real mad at me now. No, like the lo- loads more money has been pumped into Dublin GA than anywhere else in the country. Typical yeah, culty talk. This is the most culty thing ever. Mm-hmm. Never give no, credit to Dublin. It's all. It's all. It's just a fact. Yeah. Fair play to them. Fair play to them. They were the second worth, best team this worth year. Worth the Liverpool fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mayo got it. There was a clear penalty as well. It wasn't given as a free. And Mayo got a fella sent off. Just basically evened it up because uh, Dublin fella got sent off at the same time. It was close as enough now, in fairness. But I don't think it was sent off. But anyway. Uh, Triple G is... And before Triple G and Canelo put on a, a fight of the year candidate as well before we get into the MMA. I know I know you didn't see it. And stuff. So here's, here's my take on it. Look... Uh, I thought it was a, I thought it was a very close fight. I had uh, Triple G winning seven rounds to five. I'm okay with a draw. I think a draw was an okay result, or I'm okay with Triple G winning by further. I don't think Canelo had any argument to win more than six rounds. Uh, I can't see Canelo winning at all. Like, people who said that are insane, especially um, it's Adelaide board, isn't it? Yeah, the, who yeah. gave who gave Canelo ten rounds and gave Triple G two rounds, which is. I think it's possibly the most insane scorecard I've ever seen in MMA or boxing. Like it was just absolutely horrendous altogether. But here's what I want to get your <laughs> take on. What, what do you think of like? Uh, there's loads of people saying this has kind of ruined the event and all, and it's overshadowed it. Like I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm just such a purist, and this is kind of me, and I'm different to everyone. But I just love the good fights and are yeah. about. I just love the good bouts, and that was a very very good bout, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, like I didn't see the contest, so uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it was, it was exciting or not. So if it was exciting, I, like the draw wouldn't ruin it for me. But um, it's hard to say when I haven't seen it really. Yeah, Look, it's funny, like because does this harm boxing? Like how how can it harm boxing when everyone's going to tune in for the next fight as well? Because it was unbelievable and. It just probably double the amount of people and possibly he's going to tune in for it. It's just going to build the hype. And then you're going to probably have a third match because whoever wins the second one, they're go- they have only one win because the first one was a draw. So there's probably going to be a third one as well. This is, you know, this is nothing but good for boxing. I don't think, I, I think there's, a, there's this disconnect between people getting mad and people buying pay-per-views and the short run versus the long run. Like people get mad 
in the shot run all the time. How many people after Tim Bradley and, and Pacquiao said, oh, I'll never buy you, I'll never watch a boxing fight again. How many people after uh, Mayweather and, and Pacquiao said it? How, ma like, how many people were like, this is a joke. You know, many Pacquiao was injured. This is a, we waited for this fight for five years and it was rubbish. After, you know, even after the McGregor fight as well. Oh, you know, we were expecting a fly to win and he won, you know, he let him win rounds and I'm never watching boxing again. Two weeks later, they buy this fight and now they're saying it again. Like, how, how many times are people going to say this? before we think it's bullshit like are, are, do you are you in agreement with that or do you people, people love being up in arms about everything like any everything and anything they're looking they're looking yeah. to be offended and looking to be hard done by it seems it seems that's a culture that that's uh, catching on it seems to be contagious i like to call it the arsenal fan tv culture i'm done i'm done blood <laughs> I'm, I'm done with arsenal never watching again next week oh great win blood <laughs> great win fam oh yeah it, it it really is that it's god in combat sports it's so annoying because like oh i'm not paying my hard-earned money to do this again yes you fucking will like what are you talking about you, you know you, anthony joshua will be fighting a few weeks you'll buy that fight and you'll watch it don't lie like you know it's it's insanity but yeah i think we've a we've a couple of questions about that in the end anyway i think we'll get that but uh more in the end but yeah it was a it was a good fight anyway. Like Triple G came forward, he was he was throwing a lot apart from the kind of the first two rounds. I thought Canelo was actually looking way better in the first two rounds, but um, but he kind of Triple G got got ahead, started landing lo not lots of shots I'd say, but he definitely was was putting the pressure on and and landing more shots. Canelo was using his speed, using his head work, uh, head movement as well, dodging a lot of the shots. But there was rounds early, but I thought the middle rounds Triple G really pulled away, and then Canelo won maybe the last possibly three rounds or, or something like that i i had him five um i had five rounds for canelo obviously and seven for for Golovkin. but yeah uh, look if you're talking about the rematch i think triple g will, will definitely win it but I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing it was definitely one of the the bouts of the year yeah uh, we're gonna get some can... cricket some snooker talking so we cover all the sports before we get to mma or... yeah <laughs> i was watching darts there earlier on um your boy, your boy <laughs> won uh his first uh, televised tournament um other sports run over the weekend. <laughs> Limerick won the under 21 hurling All Ireland there last week. You know, brilliant. The West Indies beat uh, England in the cricket. But yeah, let's get to the MMA, right? Uh, the big event this weekend, I suppose, was the UFC card in Pittsburgh, which had Luke Rockall versus David Branch in the main event. I've talked for long enough, Graham. Take it away. What did you think of this fight? How did you think Luke, Luke Rockall looked after his 18 months off? Yeah, he, he did look a bit rusty. I thought uh, in the in the first round he got tagged with a really nice boxing combination from da David Branch. Um, David Branch was kind of putting the pressure on him and kind of forcing him up against the cage. But um, Rock Rockhold's top pressure and his, his jiu-jitsu was so good, and he just once once it was there, it, it, I, I kind of knew it was it was going to be all over pretty soon. Yeah, even if it is rare, rare enough to see. Uh, see people tap the strikes but maybe the way the Weidman fight went uh david branch was was wise to to tap but uh you don't really see it that often i i can remember gsp tapping the matt Sarah to strikes but i can't really remember it happening too many too many other main events anyway too many other bigger big fights yeah yeah i, I kind of agree with you on on the the rocko looking uh, a bit rusty but you know i don't think that's really a bad thing I, I tweeted at the time he didn't look like he was going to pick up a package at the post office like he did against uh against michael bisping in, in his last last fight like he literally looked like he was going there fight pick up his belt to go home like that's literally how he looked and maybe that's the comeuppance he needs but i have a theory on it too like luke rockhold is at his best when he's really really confident i think but 
him being really, really confident as well also kind of lets him, let, you know, let himself open. And he can be very, very open. I was watching, you know, fights preparing for this week. We, we know, like, the obvious ones, um, Bisping knocking him spark out, Vitor Belfort knocking him spark out. We, we know those, those fights. But that fight against Leona Machida, he, he almost got sparked a couple of times in that fight against Leona Machida before taking over and, and winning very, very easily in the end. Last night against Branch again, he did it. That's four fights for someone who people are calling the best fighter in the world. Now, I can see someone, you know, getting tagged, getting knocked out like, like an Aldo or something or getting, you know, getting beaten over, over three or five rounds, whatever, you know. But to get rocked and hurt badly, like, well, not hurt badly, but rocked and, and your chin tested like four times in four big fights like Rockhold has been for someone who's up there and still, you know, not not like if you saw it for Anderson Silva or GSP or even you know Woodley who's had what four or five title fights now you you know you could understand that but for someone like like Rockhold who you know who's getting there I know he's had a lot of fights in strike and stuff but who's getting there in the UFC that's a bit worrying and I think it shows like the problems in his game and the fact that my my point about him like being too relaxed I think when he gets too relaxed he does his best work with his own striking but he also takes so many shots. Uh, you know, against people that Bisping fight, especially we know we all saw him getting knocked out. But I don't think that was the issue last night. I think it was just fundamentals. You know, I see a lot of people talking. I noticed it myself watching him as well. He just, you know, he, he his hands are just too low. He doesn't move his head well enough. He doesn't he doesn't use his footwork well enough. Like for me, Luke Rockhold is a bit like. Anthony Pettis, except a little, a little bit worse because it's a little bit bigger and it looks worse than him. He's just a really, really, really good athlete who has some really, really good skills and some unbelievable skills in some areas. But he relies on his athleticism too much. He relies on his speed. He relies on his power too much. And I think, you know, it's, it leaves him open to get caught. That'll take him so far. It took him to a UFC title. But I just think he, using your athleticism that much without being a hundred percent down on the fundamentals is gone is a very very dangerous game yeah well you know a lot of guys when they get knocked out and um they come back and they're a bit they're a bit cagey or they're a bit they're a bit uh tentative um mm-hmm. and maybe maybe that played into it as well as a big layoff but i think after being knocked out it's probably a good thing that uh that he's well he also had a knee injury so he, he was meant to fight uh jackaray i think a few months after he he'd lost the bisbing and it's probably a better call from the weight um because you, you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to become chinny um in a, in a especially in a division with big guys like i know i know um maybe bisping striking isn't known for power but like bisping's fought at 205 for years and there's some big guys there so uh like one little mistake and you can just get hit with a big shot and it's all over so he learned that the hard way against bisping he came, as you said he kind of came in a bit a bit casual he was he was telling bisping in the the pre-fight press conference that he had a knee injury and he's going to beat him anyway and uh, I'd say that all just fed into Bisping's confidence and I think uh, maybe a bit of overconfidence from from Luke Rockhold. But um, he, I think Dave Branch is actually better than a lot of people. People people don't really know him, but he's actually really good. Like Yushin Okami, he beat, didn't he beat Yushin Okami in World Series of Fighting? Yeah, he did. Um, like, you know, he's beaten some good guys and he, he's fought up, also he's fought up at 205 as well. So uh, he's no mug. Like I know, I know most people may, who just watched the UFC maybe don't remember him, but he's actually a little bit better than than um than people seem to be giving him credit for 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think he did exactly what you should do against a guy who's been out for eighteen months. Like he and and a guy who's chinny like Luke Rockhold. I think there's no doubt about now, doubt about it now that Luke Rockhold is chinny. It's just happened too many times. He's got caught in that chin, and he's got hurt really badly in shots that mightn't you know hurt other people if they got caught with him. And he tested that chin early. You know, hit him with three or four shots. Came out. You know, going forward, really, really attacking. I think yeah, fair play to him. He did that for most of the round. I think his biggest flaw in that fight was when he got Rockhold hurt at the start and he, you know, what what actually happened was he went in, was coming forward with those shots, got Rockhold back up, backed up against the fence. He wasn't moving his feet, wasn't moving his head. That's why he got caught. And then he went to tight clinch with him. And as he was going to tight clinch, he got hit with like three shots. Uh, Rockhold did, Rockhold was trying to tight clinch and he hurt him badly. But then he, he got out of the tight clinch, but then he started wrestling with him. At that, at that point, I'm not sure if the fact he was in the tight clinch, he couldn't really see that he was rocking him, but that's when he should have broken away. That's when he, he should have said, look, or his corner should have said to him, Lucas Hart, you know, let's let's put stuff together, let's put shots together and put him away here. He went back to his corner between rounds and they said to him, uh, you know, play the long game, you know, attack, put him down, um, get some takedowns, take him down, hurt him when you can. That That's a fine game. Yeah, that's a grand game to play if it's going to work. But when you have someone hurt like that, I think you have to take him out, you know, uh, especially with a guy, as we, as we said, is chinny like Rockhold. I think Rockhold's corner as well gave him great advice. Crazy Bob Cook was there. They said, you know, be faster to everything, uh, move your feet more. And I think that's kind of what Rockhold did in the second round. And my, my point earlier about him, you know, being good in some places, bad in some places, I think he is just maybe the best, well, apart from Jack Ray, possibly the best top game in, in that division anyway. He's just unbelievable when he gets on the ground. A bit like Pettis as well. He's just so good with submissions. Uh, he is, and uh, obviously the ground and bound winner for him uh, the, the other night. Like his mount was just brilliant. Dominic Cruz was talking about it on, on, um, on commentary. When he gets you into that area, he's it's impossible to get off him. You mentioned the Chris Weidman fight, you know. It was like John Snow against Ramsey Bolton. He, you know, he smashed his face into the into the into the canvas. Last night again against Branch, absolutely destroyed him when he got to the ground. And I like would you agree with me? Do you think that's his best area? Do you think he should be taking that down and trying to protect his chin? Yeah, no. Is he too confident? I think, um, yeah, I think Rockall, Rock, he just, I, I, I think his all-round uh, uh, ground game is, is really good, but I think his his mount, his, how tight his mount is and how well he gets off shots when he has it is is the the real uh, spectacular part of his game and the best part of his game. I think I think that's that like he sh- he should be looking to get it down quicker when you, when you have when you have such a good good ground game. He seems to be able to pass and just people just can't get out of that mount like. Weidman gave it everything he couldn't do it. Like Branch, you know, he's a tough, fought loads of tough guys, big guys, like fought guys at 205. Like he's had, he's had big guys on him before, but Rockhold just it seems to have a different, a different level than, than, as you say, everybody except maybe Jack Ray. Yeah. Look, the thing is, he he's very good in those realms, but I, I'd like Rockhold to take it a little bit slower now. <laughs> we'll get these, his call out in a second, but <laughs> 18 months out the cage, there's uh, uh, Robert Whitaker is the interim champion at the moment. Bisping is fighting GSP. Like, uh, if uh, whatever happens there in the Bisping GSP, I'm not sure if either of them will actually fight Robert Whitaker. So I think Robert Whitaker will be looking for an opponent. And Robert Whitaker is injured at the moment, going to be out for a while. Like, I I wouldn't mind Rockall getting turned around here. That fight, you know, he took a little he took a little bit of damage, right? Maybe you know he needs a few weeks off or something, but. 
I, I wouldn't mind seeing him coming out again before the end of the year. I think Chris Weidman is the perfect fight there. Yeah, would, would you like to see that Weidman fight again? I like. Uh, uh, I know needs to be built up. Kind of, it'd be kind of, <clears throat> it'd be a bad. Um, it could be a like not a not a career ender, but it could be like the end of of Weidman as a as a credible contender. So, I, I don't think the UFC will do, will do that fight, but um, I'd love to see Whitaker and Luke Rockhold. Um, it'd just be such. It'd be so interesting to see, like, because Jackeray couldn't get Whitaker down or get anything going when he had him down. He got straight back up. Um, he just he just looks to be improving, fight on fight on fight, and as you say, if there's any weakness in Rocco's game, it's probably his uh, defensive striking. Um, so his defensive striking. So uh, I just I just love to see that fight. I think that's the, the best fight in the division. I think I think Whitaker is a nightmare matchup for Rockhold, to be honest, because his takedown defense is really good. So as you mentioned there, Jacare, Jacare can't take him down. I think it's going to be hard for Rockhold to take him down. You know, a lot of Rockhold's takedowns are kind of like Jacare's when they're getting him up against the clinch. You know, they're not explosive wrestlers. Now Rockhold would be a little bit better in that realm, but I don't think he's taking Whitaker down like that. And it gets on the feet. What's what's Whitaker going to do? He's going to box the ears off him. He's going to test that chin. I'd be very surprised if he didn't knock him out in the first two or three rounds. To be honest, uh, if if I was Rockhold, I'd be, you know, I'd be protecting my chin a little bit, trying to get a fight that's, you know, that's better for me. But like you even see against a guy like Weidman, who is a very very good wrestler, he beat him on the ground. You know, that's where he beat him. It was even enough on the feet until Weidman threw that stupid kick and. I know that that's the narrative that it was like real even, and then he threw that kick. I I, I didn't see it that way. I thought Rockhold was winning pretty handily, to be honest. Uh, he was winning all right, but I don't know. I don't. I, I wouldn't say handily. I'd have to watch it again. Like it's been a long time, but yeah, maybe you remember it better than me. Yeah, I'd probably have to watch it again myself. But I don't. I remember disagreeing with people saying, "Oh, it was, it was could have went either way," and then he just made a stupid mistake. I, I never thought that, that that was what what happened. He he seemed to have slowed down. He he he. Uh, Weidman had seemed to have slowed down, and they, they obviously that kick was uh, was terrible. But um, like Rockhold capitalized on it straight away and just beat the crap out of him <laughs> relentlessly. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it's tough to know what to do with, with Weidman. Yeah. Like I don't think Rockhold is is the fight for him because it, it, you're, like he's had a couple like that. Yo Romero loss. He, I think he needs uh, maybe David Branch for Weidman. Yeah. What about like? Yoel and Jack Ray are there around. So, what about Luke Rockhold fighting them if he if he doesn't get that Whitaker Bisping GSP fight? Yeah, you could do the Jack Ray fight again. That was a brilliant fight in Strike Force. Uh, mm-hmm. Rockhold and Rockhold and uh, Jack Ray. So, yeah, you could definitely. You know, that was a five round back and forth, 48 47 uh, fight. So, yeah, I, that, that's definitely yeah, one you could run back. And I think, uh, I don't think Jack Ray is not, his striking isn't bad, but obviously. Um, I think Rockhold wouldn't have as much to worry about if you if you were talking about protecting protecting his chin, then maybe that's maybe that's a good fight for him. If they want to build him back up in order to to rematch Bisping or to to fight uh, uh, GSP if he wins, yeah. yeah. <laughs> his call out was just the funniest thing ever. I think he was calling out Bisping. I'm not sure. He like <laughs> if you haven't seen it, please go back and watch it because at the end of it, he like tried to do like a Nate DS thing, but he was like. Yeah, and then and yeah, motherfuckers, <laughs> and he started like waving his hands like Wes. I think it was just the most embarrassing thing ever. It was like that. Uh, like he he what he said was GSP, you're in my spot. You're gonna get embarrassed. Please move out the way. So he basically wants to Bisping fight instead of GSP, which is like 
you didn't think that one through, Lukey. Like, come on, Jesus, what, what are you, what are you talking about? Call, call out Bisping if you want. Call out, or even call out GSP. That makes the Bisping fight even better if Bisping wins because you thought Bisping was going to lose, and then Bisping goes and wins, and he tell you no, motherfucker, or whatever, you know. But it was just <laughs> maybe it was so bad that it was good. What do you think? Yeah, it was memorable anyway. <laughs> it definitely was. Uh, right, let's. <laughs> Short and sweet. Let's get down through the through the card. Um, Mike Perry against Alex Reyes. Look, what can you say about that one? Alex Reyes comes in and short notice. He's a hundred and fifty-five pounder. He looked more like hundred and forty-five pounder to me. Um, Perry looked a way way bigger than him. Connor with a beautiful knee and put him away. How far do you think Perry can go? We've a lot of questions about him this week. Um, yeah, he, like he, he's very aggressive, and he he is he, is striking. His boxing, especially, is is very good. It's hard to tell off a short notice guy. Obviously, you say as you said, uh, undersized, um, coming in on short notice. But you know, he he knocked out Ellenberger in in his last fight. I know Ellenberger kind of maybe a bit over the hill and a bit maybe a bit chinny, but it was still uh, an impressive win. Um, see. That that loss to Alan Joban, like I know, I know it's it's a good what is it about a, about a year ago now? Yeah, he's so many flaws in his game, like you know. Yeah, he yeah, so a, a smart game plan and a fighter who can execute a smart game plan. I think I think will beat him, but he's he's he seems to be improving. It's it's hard to tell with this fight because as as we were saying, but I think um I think he still has a lot of work to do. But you, these sometimes sometimes these guys it's something just clicks at some stage and they they just they just take off and he definitely has some, some really good fundamentals and if you could just uh if you could just close a few holes in his game then yeah you can see you, like he's, he's got time as well like you know he's he's he hasn't been in mma that long i, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in a, in a title fight in the future but um the verdict's kind of still out on him because how much has he improved since since he lost to joban about a year ago you know um Joe Bannon's no, he's, he's no mug, but he's no world beater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's time for him for another bit of a step up. I don't think it's time for a step up to the top 15 yet. I think if I give him one more, hard to think of anyone now at the moment. I know he's supposed to fight Tiago Alves. I think that maybe if they made that fight again, that would be a possibly a good one. Tarek Safadine's there. I think he's just about ranked. I think he's ranked 15. Maybe not his next fight, maybe the fight after. I think that would be a good step up for him as well, kind of a favourable matchup, uh, possibly, you know, both, both strikers and stuff. But, yeah, I'm not sure about Perry. I'm kind of on the same boat as you. Could be good. I'm not sure. And he's kind of a terrible person as well. So, you know, hard to get, get behind him that much. Uh, Anthony Smith against Hector Lombard was the third fight on the card. Lombard was looking good here, to be honest. He was attacking with those low calf kicks again that we, we talked about last week against Smith. You know, I was looking on point for through the first, what was it, two and a half rounds. And then Smith through, started coming forward a little bit, was landing shots, and then through a three-punch combination and knocked Lombard out, and that, that was basically it. I, I felt a bit sorry for Lombard, to be honest. I, like, I thought this was kind of a a good comeback win. The thing about Lombard at middleweight has been, you know, he's always going to be too small for that division. We know that he's five foot nine, same height as Conor McGregor, you know, used to fight at 145. It's always going to be tough. But Anthony Smith, not the biggest middleweight, but still a, t- a lot taller than him. And he was beating him, you know, beating him well, but just just got caught terribly again. Well, he's, he's had a lot of fights over the years and he, he's taken a good, a good bit of damage recently. Like he, he's been, he's been, um, He's been finished what is it three three or four times in his last few fights. 
I think at, was he, he's nearly 40 now. I think it's just his, his day has passed. And unfortunately, he wasn't in the UFC at, at, his, at his peak and we never got to see him. People would were saying back in the day when he was when he was a Bellator champion that oh he's the when Anderson Silva was unbeaten in the UFC oh he's the one to beat Anderson Silva I never thought that because as you say he's a small uh, middleweight and Anderson was just so good back then and um, I think I think Hector Lombard's a little flat-footed um, I, I I just I I don't think he would have beaten Anderson Silva but I would have liked to have seen him in the division when he was when he was at the peak of his powers but he was making good money he didn't seem in any rush to go but. Um, I think people will, won't remember him as uh, as as they should. He was he, he was very he was very good and he was very exciting. Um, and he used to he used to absolutely beat the snot out of people. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, fair play to Smith as well. You know, I I don't think he's gone towards the title either. To be honest, I don't think wasn't that impressed with him. But three people I was impressed with were Gregor Gillespie, Cameron Usman, and Justin Lede, who won in the, the other three fights in the main card. Lede just absolutely. Boxed the face of uh, of his opponent Anwanyu, who was on the Dana White uh, contender series. Lovely jab throughout the fight, throwing lovely combinations. I thought he won 30-27. All the judges gave it 29-28. I don't know what they were looking at, to be honest. I thought split that for round, was well, wasn't it? Uh, was it a split decision? Oh yeah, it was the most egregious split decision. I was going to say of the night, but uh, Triple G worse, worse that than that late bird. Uh, <laughs> there was only That's three the rounds for the benchmark. There was only three rounds for each other to fuck up, so it wasn't as bad. But yeah, let let it look good for me. Um, and when you threw a lot of big overhands in the third round and caught him with one or two, but I don't think that that was enough for me. Uh, like, there were I know power shots will win rounds. This is the old rules as well, remember. But I think Lede did enough damage with what he was landing, uh, and and he put a lot of jabs with it as well. So I think he definitely won that. Cameroos man, you know, we've talked about him on this podcast before. Went in there and absolutely starched Sergio Morais, who is a good fighter. I, I'm very, I like Morais a lot, and I went in there and knocked him out with a, with a KO. Very impressed with him as well. I know you like him. Uh, I I think I I really think Usman now. He is championship material. I think, you know, I think he's definitely going to be pushing up there. He, he's ranked already, I believe, isn't he? Uh, let me just look here. Yeah, he's ranked 13 at the moment. I think he's going to be going up over probably Gunnar Nelson, Don Young, Kim, Neil Magny when, when the rankings come out next week. What do you think about him versus Santiago Ponzinibbio? Yeah, that, that'd, be, that'd be good. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Gunnar Nelson and, and San, Santiago again, though, just to, to see what would actually happen. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, I think Usman... Uh, he, he, I think he was very, very raw when he was on the what was that Ultimate Fighter called? It was like that weird yeah, or Black Zillions versus, versus ATT. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked very raw, but he obviously has that really good um, um, wrestling, and he's a he's a real athlete, and uh, he's he's he really puts puts a puts a pace on people wrestling wise uh, back back in the the tough days. Now he, he he's evolved massively. Like I think we talked about it his last fight. He's just getting so much better and better. But uh, kind of like with Perry, it's hard to it's hard to know when he's fighting these guys like you know that aren't great. Like you know, uh, Sergio Moraes, like you were saying you like oh, he frustrates me because he's very good at jiu-jitsu, but he very rarely uses it, and he kind of is in these really boring, uh, tippy tappy uh, fights, as maybe Graham Tunes would say. Um, <laughs> but like you know, uh, Sergio Moraes, his wins are like Zach Otto and Davy Ramos and. He had a split split draw with Luan Ch- Changas or Chagas. You know, they're, they're not top level wins, so it's it's hard to say with Usman where he actually is. But I think in the future, like at the very least, he might be ready now. But it's it's just we don't know yet. We don't know yet. 
But uh, I think yeah. in the future, he's definitely going to be a contender. Uh, he'll, he'll fight for the belt or, or win the belt. Yeah, I'd say the same about Gregor Gillespie. To be honest, I was very, very, very impressed with him. Uh, he's like he's striking. He got caught hard early by Jason Gonzalez, who also impressed me a lot. But he's it's it's something I talk about a lot with game planning and stuff. These days, people don't mix it up enough. He mixes it up brilliantly. You know, he throws, he strikes, gets lads hard, takes them down, dominates them, gets into mount. You know, he got an arm triangle here from the mount, I believe it was, and you know, Gonzalez defended well, but eventually had to tap from it. Very, I was, it was this was he won fight at night, and it definitely deserved it. An absolutely tremendous fight. Looking forward to Gregor Gillespie again. I believe I said he was Australian last week as well, and he's not Australian. Like what got me is he's the fisherman guy. You know, so he's New York. New York, yeah, so my apologies. He has a very Australian name, Gregor Gillespie, but um, there you go. What about Jason Gillespie, Graham? When Dane is a night watchman once in a cricket game and ended up getting 200, some man, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, other than that, anyway, Uriah Hall got a, a very, very impressive KO win over Christoph Jocko after losing the first round as well. <clears throat> that, was, that was pretty nice for Uriah Hall. I wasn't expecting doing that, to be honest. Uh, just his power paying off again. Gilbert Burns as well got a good KO. Uh, Olivier Over Mercier... He's uh, when it won a split decision in a close fight. He's one of those guys that kind of gets lost in the mix. I think, and a couple of people were asking about him. I'm, I'd love to see him get a you know a big name, and I think he really could be could be one to um, to talk about in in the future. But at the moment, he's just he's not putting himself out there that much. What did you think? I'm not sure if you saw. I know you wrote at the event and stuff. Daniel Spitz against Anthony Hamilton. That KO. Did you think that was an early stoppage? Did you see it? Uh, no, I, I thought uh, I, I thought it was maybe. <laughs> Ever so slightly early, but I, uh, it's one of them where you prefer the split second too early than a couple of punches too late. So Not I, wouldn't, me. I wouldn't, wouldn't be moaning too much about that one. I thought it was a terrible stoppage. I'd moan all night about that one. God, I, I just thought that was a horrendous stoppage watching it back. Like, uh, in fairness to Dan, now in the position he was, it looked like it was a bit like Kane and JDS, you know, when his face was down on the ground and he was out and the Kane JDS one was obviously a very good stoppage because he was, but I don't think Hamilton was. Like you could see, watch on the replay, his his arm, his right hand reaches for the leg of Spitz to go for that single leg. And that arm keeps moving. No, he is moving. He is fighting in that position. He was definitely hurt, no doubt about it. I'm, I'm not saying that now. I'm not saying, he, you know, this. he wasn't close to being over or anything. If he had landed three, four punches, knocked him out, fair enough. But he didn't. He was not knocked out. He was still going. He was reaching for that leg. He was trying to wrestle. That, you know, how do you protect yourself? You protect yourself by wrestling, getting on top. You know, I... I I was. I thought. I definitely thought that was an early stop. But you know, it's grand. Like you can use. Oh, you save his health, and and that, and I'm. You know, that's a good excuse a lot of time. But this is fighting at the end of the day. You know, you're going to take punches if you're in precarious positions like that. And I think he was. I think. I think. Trying I think. Back into the fight. I think what it was is he actually kind of like landed um, in the fetal position. Then he kind of like got, got ate a couple of punches and kind of went onto his head. And I think the ref moved in to stop it then. And then he kind of came back a bit. He kind of like regained. Um, a bit of composure and by the time the ref actually got to to, to stop the fight it looked a bit early but it, i don't see it the outrage to be honest but it, it was it was probably a little early yeah um right let's move on actually before we get to the john jones thing uh just let's look at next week's cards for a second uh, during the broadcast they announced that uh shogun who was out of his fight with, with osp and in steps uh yushin okami the fight of Anson Pru, obviously Okami, a former UFC middleweight, former World Series of Fighting, fe- uh, welterweight. Yeah, not still up in the day by disqualification. Yeah. <laughs> Remember stepping they, up to, to light heavyweights. To they, they saw that rematch. <laughs> as as like, I said uh, on Twitter. The last man to beat Anderson Silva. Like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> 
As I said on Twitter, Yushinokami beat Prime Anderson Silva and Ovin Sampru couldn't even beat Clean John Jones. So, like, what's going to happen in this one? Yeah, that. Oh, in fairness, Okami is 4 and 1 in his last four fights. He's 5 and 2 since he went out of the UFC. You know, not, not terrible, but this is a guy who fought in welterweight maybe two or three fights ago against a light heavyweight who fought for the light heavyweight belt like last year or something. Yeah, this is this is only going to go one way, isn't it? ASP is probably going to just destroy him. Yeah, especially on short notice. It's but OSP is one of these guys who he he can do a lot of nothing sometimes, and he can you can, yeah, can frazzle yeah. him like he, he kind of gets himself out of position. And uh, I think I think he'll he, I think it's a bad style matchup for for Okami, uh, especially with the size difference. As you say, he he lost to John Fitch at welterweight there in World Series of Fighting. Um, Okami did so. This is he's, this is not um this is not peak Okami. He's 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 been in a lot of fights over the years, a lot of a lot of decisions as well. He spent a lot of minutes in in cages, <laughs> so uh, I think he, he's over the hill. I think he's 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 on short notice. Another thing that plays into it. I think I think he's going to lose. I didn't realize this car is on in Japan, and now it kind of makes sense why Okami's in there. So so fair enough. Uh, Gokan Saki is making his UFC debut as well against Enrique da Silva, who I believe is a bit of a, a jiu-jitsu guy who got knocked out in his last fight by Ian Kutalaba. Do you know much about Kokonzaki? I know he's a really good, um, a really good kickboxer and stuff like that. But what's the crack with his with his MMA? I wonder. Well, he, he's zero uh, and one, isn't he? <laughs> is he? Oh yeah, he didn't fight for like ten years or something. Is he? Yeah, he he, he lost to uh, he got KO'd by by some uh, English guy called uh, James Zikic uh, back in two thousand and four. Uh, that's that's obviously a lifetime ago, but um, it's a strange one. Like uh, even CM Punk was undefeated when he came in, you know. Mm. <laughs> is it the worst starting That's record in the UFC? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, there's surely worse, is there? God, some of some no, of those women no on, wins. and a hundred percent of your your fights are losses. Some of the women on uh, on the the tough, the last tough had negative records, didn't they? Didn't that one Amanda Cooper? She was like never, never, never won a fight though. Is is where where and having lost all your fights, even if it is only one. Sure, he's the same in my record as Conor McGregor has a boxing record. So there you go. Pound for pound number two. True. Let's talk about it. Uh Trudeau Ishihara is back as well. Juicy Farmiga against the, the big long Ulsa Sasaki. That should be a tough matchup for him, in my opinion. Uh Takenori Gomi is fighting Dong Young Kim as well. That could be an absolute war. Looking forward to that. Charles Rose as well, always in full fights against Mizuto uh Hirota. But the best fight in this card by a country mile is Claudia Gadelia against Jessica Andraj. The two Brazilians for some unknown reason fighting in Japan. What would you see that one going, Graham? Two, two absolute beasts of women, you know, two probably the strongest women in that division. Yeah, I, I think Cadella is going to win handy enough, to be honest. Um, she, oh, looked, yeah. she looked great in her last fight against Carolina, I thought. Um, uh, I just don't think Jessica Andrade is that good. She definitely made a lot of improvements, but mm-hmm. being really tough is your main attribute, I just think. Swinging, swinging wide lefts and wide rights, it's not exactly... I think Cadella's going to be able to deal with it. I know Cadella's striking isn't isn't fantastic or anything, but her ground game and her top pressure and is just really really good. And she 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 goes for submissions. I know uh, it'll pro- it'll probably be a decision, but I see Cadella dominating. And the only thing is though, if 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 Cadella gets tired, which she has in the past, you know that changes that changes everything. Yeah. It's only three rounds or so. Maybe you know maybe she'll be alright. I don't. Yeah, she, I think... she got tired in three round fights in the past, but I, she I, I, yeah. 
I think, like, I think Gedelia's best asset is actually like her strength and pushing up against people against defense using her um, jujitsu. And I don't think she'll be able to actually use that against Andrade too much. Now, Andrade can be taken down as well, but she's very strong, gets back up very quickly as well. She strikes very hard. I think Gedelia's striking, obviously, preparing for Ian Jacek has improved an awful lot. And as you said, her last fight against uh, Kalina Kovalkiewicz was very impressive as well. So, yeah, you might be right. I don't know. I, think, I really think that's a pick and fight. I, like, I could see Andrade using that size, but Andrade doesn't use that size that well either. Like, so, yeah, maybe you're right. I haven't thought about it that much. I haven't done my preview or anything yet, but you tune in. So, if you're on Meta.com, you'll see my pick. You'll see a bit of insight in that uh, when, my, when my preview goes up for, for this card. Um, not, sure, what would you know? That is a fucking fact. What would I know? Let's move on. John Jones this week, his B sample came back and it was positive. Same as his A sample. For people now who know nothing about drug testing and stuff, Graham, break it down. What, what does this B sample come back positive actually mean? Does it mean anything? Um, it just means it means that the, the likelihood of it, uh, the A sample being uh, false positive is is very, very wide. The the, the other astronomical. <laughs> Yeah, like basically what they do, they, they take your sample of piss, they split it into two jars, one is the A sample, one's the B sample, they lock it away, they lock two of them away, one goes into storage and the other one goes and gets tested, the A sample goes and gets tested, if that's positive, then you can ask for the B sample and that's, you know, B sample, now the, the A sample could have got contaminated, someone could have had cocaine in their fingers and put it into it, uh, you know, something like that, got, got, I don't know how, how it get contaminated, whatever way you want to look at it, but... <clears throat> that's what happened. Look, <clears throat> things came out after that, then, or maybe before even, that John Jones had passed other tests before. Some of them were actually blood tests, and Turinabal doesn't show up in blood tests, so they didn't really make a difference. It was in the urine test that it showed up, obviously, you know, with the, the two samples. Um, John Jones has had his belt stripped since then. Daniel Cormier has been reinstated as champion. Do you think that was the right decision to do it now? Yeah, I think... I think well... It is a bit strange because what if it turns out that the the what do they call it the procedure yeah. the you know the chain of custody the chain of yeah. custody is broken like or or something happens like in the Nick Diaz case where they write his name on the on it instead of his number and it's meant to be anonymous in that way and just it could it could it could kind of blow up in their face but. Uh, I think because they they they, uh, they they've been around John Jones for a couple of years now. I think uh, I think they they don't think there's much hope of this being. Yeah, uh, look, I think the thing is, um, the California State Athletic Commission where the fight was on, I was on Anaheim, obviously in California. <clears throat> they uh, those two tests proved that Turinabal was in John Jones's system. Now whether he gets off or whatever, that's another thing. So if it's in your system, that's automatically a no contest. You can't have performance-enhancing drugs in your in your system. And when it's a no contest by the Athletic Commission, then John Jones can't be champion. No, he was he was not the champion. Uh, and Daniel Cormier gets the belt, which I think which I think is fine. I understand your point hundred percent that you know castigating him now is, is a weird thing because I think he should be castigated because you know fool me once, shame on you fool me twice <laughs> shame on me uh, i mean full george bush there for a second but yeah that, i got it right anyway in the end like how many times can john jones have failed tests before we actually yeah call him a, you know, yeah you know, I think, a, a PD yeah like I, the, the first time he was stripped i didn't i didn't agree with it it was nothing to do with with mma it, it was uh off it was uh private life stuff where their private contractor pregnant woman yeah yeah but he's a private contractor you know he's 
I just thought it was nothing to do with fighting and why is fighting coming? Why is this been brought into it? But this time, uh, like, uh, a lot, surprisingly enough to me, a lot of people bought the boner pills story. Yeah. Even even though Anderson Silva used it, even though, like, oh, I don't know why people are so gullible, but uh, I don't, I don't, I never believe that. Um, and now this time, you know. Uh, it was kind of the, the, the redemption story had happened. Maybe a lot of people have been like, oh, you know, maybe maybe Jones is, is, is all right. <laughs> and then, boom, another one. Um, so there's also these videos going around where he seems to, he seems to implicate himself kind of <laughs> where he's, 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 he's kind of nearly admitting or implying that he was on steroids um, at one stage. Didn't he? Was, there, was it a press conference or an interview? Have you seen that? Yeah, that was the interview. I tweeted about that at the time. Loads of people started giving out to me. He said he beat someone while he was off the steroids. Yeah, <laughs> that was is, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which would kind of... But I think that was just... In fairness, you can't cast a category over that. I think he was just... It was just misspeaking, to be honest. But I don't I don't think that's that's very... Or a Freudian yeah, this, maybe. Who knows? Possibly. Yeah, you never know. But this is the third time he was stripped now. Obviously, the second time was for the dick pills thing, which, looking back... Like, fair enough, believe in being one. Can a man not get one, a boner? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I got a big cock job. Fair enough, Blim. I believe in that. But now you can't believe that anymore. You, you know, I have no problem with people turning around saying, I gave him a chance, you know, once, you know, once bitten, twice shy. It, dick pills, fair enough. But now I can't believe that that was dick pills. You, you know, I know you said you didn't believe it. I don't know. I was coming and on and I was, you know, on, but now I don't believe it. I don't believe that was dick pills for one second. I think he was on, on PEDs, you know, and he got the maximum suspension as well. Because whatever happened as the Nevada, or the, as you said, I said at the time, that, that was in his system, you know, and it's in his system now. This still go through arbitration and everything. But, and I think, you know, it is important as well. And look, I'll do a make up, fair enough. If, if it turns out and something is, you know, something happened, if it was a chain of custody, if it was spiked or something, you know, if something happens. But I think it's important to talk about these because too many people, and I think in the world of MMA, are too lax about it. And there's too many people saying, you know, what, what advantage is given so fair enough if you want to say that but like it's cheating at the end of the day and like see, see the thing is in, in other sports it's it's not taken that seriously like you know in golf like um, taken way more seriously remember adream mutu took fucking cocaine he was banned for like a year and chelsea sued him like 50 yeah million that, that was a, that was a very strange case though that was that was unusual for that to happen like in in nfl people get like a few games ban or in golf uh, a certain world number one or world number in the top three is constantly getting banned for like small periods what um uh dj dustin johnson ah well that's only cocaine isn't it <laughs> who knows apparently they didn't disclose one of them apparently they said he had a back injury and then it came out that they, they'd hidden it allegedly from what i've read so uh it's different in mma though because you're beating the crap out of each other. You're giving each other brain damage. You're injuring each other. The purpose of it is to is to injure the other, or not injure him, but to to beat up the other guy. Like so, it's different than golf, where you're just swinging a ball, or it's it's NFL. It's kind of similar because you're smashing into each other constantly. But um, it's a tough one. Like the the Usada system has has worked generally, but. If like you know something like Nick Diaz ends up getting four years or whatever it is for, or they need to get five years, was it for uh, years, a weed yeah. test that wasn't that wasn't even proven like to my satisfaction anyway in that kangaroo court, um, <laughs> so it, it, they, they need to look at it again and um, 
some of the some some of the bands it needs it needs to be made it needs to be made so that if you if you do this you it's going to cost you it's going to cost you property like years four four or five years you're basically done if you're if you're in your 30s so you, it's going to scare people away from doing it but then there's like the weed and the all oh, the stupid stuff that's on the that's that are that are banned as well it's just then you need to get rid of that stuff like um the, the, the Nick Diaz thing, Nick Diaz is such an oddball. Like, you know, he's really asking for trouble. He, he not doing his whereabouts. They they already the commission already hate him. Like, um that's a unique situation. It's hard to, to deal with somebody like Nick Diaz as well, who like refuses to pay fines for like ages and I just think they need to look at the look at the system again and rejig the, the lengths of the bands for and take some stuff some things off the off the band list. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you, <clears throat> I think you should have to be caught red-handed, basically, with things to be, to be banned. And I think, I, I think what your point about having actual bans, they do have them at the moment. Like you know what you're getting. You know you get to go through arbitration, which is fair enough. But I agree, like anodins and fucking shit like that, and weed, you shouldn't be getting banned for that. But uh, look, my opinion on this whole drugs thing is kind of on the. If there's one clean fighter and one person wants to be cleaned in, everyone should be forced. Like, what, I see a lot of people saying, "Get rid of you, Sada." Allow people to take drugs. You know, it's ruining the sport and everything. But that's not fair to the fair fighters. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just hate to say, it, like Daniel Carmier, because Daniel Carmier could be on drugs too. I don't know. Nobody knows. Like, a- anyone could be on drugs. Every fighter last night could be on drugs or mightn't be. And you just don't know. So, but like, but there definitely is clean fighters out there. You know, everyone isn't on drugs, and for them, it's. You know, it's just totally unfair. And I, look, the preparations and everything, it, it, it's maybe in the fight it isn't as much, but people preparing, people, you know, not taking as much, uh, you know, hurt in their body and in the fight. So look at Vitor Belfort kicking the shit out of people. I talked about Luke Rockhold's uh, chin not being what it used to. Who, like, Vitor Belfort knocked him clean out with a spinning back kick. Do you this think he wasn't, yeah. Yeah, if you, do you think if he wasn't hopped up on fucking TRT that Luke Rockhold would be getting chinny now at this stage? He might not be like, you know, that's I think that's a genuine thing as well. And people laugh that off a lot of time. But you yeah. as you said, there, Bisping's, Bisping's got a great out eye one great out eye for the rest of his life now, it, it seems, uh, because of somebody who was who was cheating. Um <laughs> that'd be hard to take, like uh if he's lucky, he says he can still see fine in it. He's obviously going to say that if he wants to get medically cleared, but he seems to be doing all right. He seems to actually be doing better since that, so it doesn't seem to have affected him too much, but um, it may end up affecting him in the future when he gets older. So it's it's, it's very uh, it's very unfair on people like Bisbing when stuff like that happens. And just even when you lose a payday, because in MMA it's win, it's show and win money. It's not just here's your here's your salary or here's your payday. Uh, like a lot of money, a lot of money is uh going going to people who are for win bonuses, people who are cheating, and yeah, something needs to be done about it. I don't think getting rid of Sada is is a good idea. I think it takes teething pro- just teething problems, but I think generally it's it's working. Uh, John Jones, obviously, everybody would prefer if he was just uh, not taking drugs or not getting positive tests, and he was fighting, but. Uh, high profile person like him getting in all this trouble will, will put off put off future future MMA uh, fighters and current MMA fighters who are going to be the stars of the future from, from doing it so it's going to be teething problems but I think the, getting rid of it is, is ridiculous yeah I agree yeah look I, I think two two last points in this I think the fact it was John Jones as well kind of makes it worse because he doesn't need to you know he's the best arguably the best fighter of all time you know 
regardless of weight. He's just an unbelievable fighter, uh, and that makes it even worse, I think, in this situation. Last thing as well, I made a, I made a tweet, and maybe it was a bit of a stupid tweet, but <laughs> and I think people took me up wrong. Like I, I said, you Daniel you, you posted the stupid tweet. <laughs> <laughs> No way. <laughs> you fucking bastard. But yeah, like I said, if DC wanted to get fans on side, that he could refuse to take the belt and ask for a fight to win it back, which I think would get the fans on side because look what they roared Aldo all the time. You know, you never won the belt. You know, they do it all money, the time. And now, money, money, money. I know money, that's money. what I'm getting to. That, like, I'm not saying he should do that. I think he's the real champion. But like a large percentage of the fans, well, now at the moment they're on my side, but give it a few weeks. We we know about this, you know. We talked about it earlier in the podcast about the short term sort of side of things. People will be on his back again the next time he fights. Not the real champion, he'll, you know. He'll have a boring fight like the Anderson Silva one or something, and people will be hating him again. Look, uh, it was it was a fly by by the, the the seat of my pants kind of a thing. It was just an idea, and I don't think he should do that. Like personally, uh, but if you want to get the fans on side, look for me. Cormier come, he comes out of this bad because he still has that loss he still has that fucking brain damage that John Jones inflicted on him after this and he's still never going to be seen as the best light heavyweight of all time I don't care what people say you know people are still going to look back and Daniel Cormier is going to be remembered as the guy who could have been great but John Jones was around cheating I think that's how he's going to be remembered and that's that's sad because Daniel Cormier is a very 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 good fighter and he seems to be a very very good guy as well and uh, that's a sad thing but yeah, I, I think he's right to take the belt back. He's right to get that money. He's right to get paid. And, you know, this is all John Jones's fault. You can't criticize for Dan, Dan Carmier Forrest. Uh, and I I think, like, those fans who I talked about, who he could get on side by fighting for the belt, I think those people need to fucking wise up and get on side and, and stop this, you know, oh, you said a cerebral, we shouldn't have drug testing and all this, and actually get on the person who isn't cheating side, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. And I think... um. I think with, with Cormier, it's. I think people have already made up their mind whether they like him or not. I think most of the fans, anyway, have already made up their mind. They're gonna confirmation boy is gonna play into it. I don't think. Yeah. I just think he has to take the pay per view points and uh, the money and the the, champ, the championship belt, even even for like sponsorships and stuff like that. Money on top that we don't hear about. It's just so much money, and it's a short career, and he, he's not a young guy. So I, I just think it's a no brainer. Yeah, we talked about it as well with Carmia before. Like, I don't think Carmia has the biggest fan base either. And like, people who like him are a lot of them. People who don't like John Jones, and the people who don't like him are John Jones fans. I think as well. So that's he's. You know, I don't think he's a huge Daniel Carmia. You know, live or die with Carmia kind of fan base. And I think that <laughs> kind of hurts him in yeah. this. You know, in this situation as well. Yeah. But yeah, let's move on to the two big events over the weekend um, in, in Europe, and we'll we'll just mention these quickly. Let's look at Bama Thirty One first, which was on. On, uh, which one was that the first one? Yeah, it was on Friday night, I believe, on, on Dave, which was great seeing it on Dave. Um, we had three title fights on it. Nathan Jones had a spectacular knockout against Alex, or sorry, Alex Lahore had a spectacular knockout beating Nathan Jones. Mike Shipman had a spectacular knockout beating Yannick Pahati. And uh, Daniel Crawford as well had a spectacular knockout beating Damian Lapalus. Uh, this was an unbelievable card. This was one of the most insane main cards of the year, wasn't it? Just yeah, spinning back fists, knockouts. Yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, a couple of upsets. I thought and, uh, were upsets, um, and obviously uh, Aaron Chambers as well as um, he's bringing eyes to the card. Like a lot of people criticise him, but he's he's up first. I think he was up first on the on the on Dave, was he or second? 
No, he was second. Yeah, he was after second. on the title fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people are tuning in because of him, and then they might stick around and then see the the spinning back fist, or just see a couple of knockouts, and they're, they're just like, "Oh, I'm it. this is all right." Like you know, this Bama thing looks pretty good. So I think I a lot of people criticize, but I, I think um, I think it's 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 a good call. Like obviously, like he's not taking anybody else's space. Maybe he's getting paid a lot of money and. And that's why maybe the undercard w- wasn't great, but um, this is the way the business works. Like it's a business. Like uh, I think it's a good business decision. Yeah, like I, I think I, I'm on your side in this. Like as people criticizing this, like fair enough if that's that's what you want to criticize because it's not good MMA. And let's be honest, like either these two guys aren't world beaters, but like how much bad MMA is on these MMA cards? Like we've gone to Cage Warriors, Bama cards. You've been obviously the 50 times as more than me. Like how many O&O guys against each other who aren't great are actually on these like, or even amateur fights and everything like that. I think there's lots of them. So that, that problem, fair enough. Like I was talking to someone and they were saying Chalmers is getting a lot more money and he's taking money away from other guys. I don't buy that either because he de- these promotions are not going to pay those other guys big money. You know that 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 I don't think that's just going to happen. Now there's plenty to criticize, especially Bam over. You know we had Paul Redmond did an interview with Nile a couple of weeks back, and they're you know didn't want to give him a fight in Dublin, wanted to give him a fight I think in Newcastle or over in England or somewhere. You know I think it's fine criticize him for that. Reese McKee as well, or uh, you know he was struggling to get a fight out of him. Definitely hundred percent, but I don't think. Blaming Chalmers for that is is the right way to go. Yeah, I, um, he seems he, he seems like a nice guy. He's he's shown respect for the sport. He's he's mm-hmm. he, he like he's, he he, what, what, do people want do, what would people want him thrown in there against some fifteen fight veteran yeah. with with twelve wins? Or, like is, obviously he's gonna lose. Like uh, well, not obviously maybe he win, but like you know that would be throwing him to the to the mm-hmm. in the deep end to the sharks. That'd be a terrible business decision. Then people be like, oh, how stupid was that? You know. <laughs> You can't win. I think, I think Chalmers is getting matched the way CM Punk should have been matched. Like I think, this is exact. Put him in against guys who have you know a bit of experience. No fight, one fight like him. A few amateur fights. Absolutely no problem with that. Why? Why would you give him a guy you know like Mickey Gall, who's trains in a very good camp, a very very good fighter. You know a lot of, what I see three professional fights and a lot of amateur fights as well, like purple belt and stuff. Why would you do that? You know, for a guy like CM Punk, I think putting you know I wouldn't mind seeing Chalmers versus CM Punk. What do you think about that? Yeah, um, I think uh, Chalmers would absolutely annihilate him. Um, <laughs> I think maybe uh, Mike Jackson is is the fight for for CM Punk. Yeah, like uh, Chalmers wasn't that bad. Goal, uh, yeah, Chalmers wasn't that bad. Like he, well, he you know, he submitted the guy in the first fight, and mm-hmm. now he's knocked the guy out cold. Like you can't really argue with that. Like okay, yeah, yeah these aren't the best guys, but. Who's fighting the best guys in the world at zero and zero and one and oh? It's just nobody's doing that. Like, uh, why would this guy do that? Like, uh, he's obviously looking. He's looking to protect his. Is he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be zero and two straight away. And people are like, ah, what a joke. And then he can't get paid again from the sport. Like, so the the, the more people that he can get tuning in, the better it is for Bama. And then the bigger the bigger shows like Bama and Cage Warriors and all them become the the more money that will be floating around for for fighters in the future. I think, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People are just, so, people look at it like criticizing, so, so do we. Like, but uh, I think this one is uh, is is actually a good call by uh, by um, Bama. Yeah, I agree. Plus, Charlotte was looking lush at ringside as well, so that's always, you know, that's always good to see. Even my friend of mine, actually JJ, who hates MMA, he he loves, you know, one of these guys who loves all these popular bullshit and stuff. Watches Jordy Shore. Was tuning in, watching Bama on Friday night or Saturday, whenever it was. 
actually watching it. So that's you know the kind of people you'll get as well. So yeah, I can you know criticize if you want, but I, I don't know. I can't criticize it if I if I, you know if there was something to criticize there, I I would, but I don't know. I think it's I I think he's as you said there, he's submitted a guy and knocked the guy out. Like well, what more do you want? I think he's proven that he shows respect as well. You know, he's training with the the two Edwards brothers who you you know you wax lyrical about all the time. Good guys, <laughs> so you know I've, I've no problem with that. Right, let's move on to to Cage Warriors. Uh, before we get to the main event, Joe McCallum is fighting in, in uh, a tough fight for him against against Sean Sexy Girls Carter, who's an experienced guy, very very tough, hard chin hits very hard as well. And Joe came out on the win inside that by a split decision. I don't think it was a split decision. You don't either, I believe, do you? No, I uh, I thought Joe McCulgan, uh I thought the ten, you could make an argument for 10-8 in the first round. I, I probably would have went 10-8 myself. I think uh, the iron chain on Carter, <laughs> like... Unbelievable. Uh, Joe was hitting him with huge right hands, and he just was taking them. Uh, I think he buckled once, but did, I don't think he even fell. He just kind of stumbled backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, just, and then just resumed uh, coming forward zombie-like. Um I, th- I thought you could argue 10-8 there and I thought uh, the second round was close but I gave it I, th- I thought Joe won it and I thought Joe won the third pretty clearly as well um, he, he busted him up like uh, pretty bad like his nose was, was damaged early on he, he was eating right hands as I was saying he he, he, he kind of stalled it up against the defence but he couldn't get a takedown and he couldn't get really, really anything off against Joe uh, on the cage I suppose he did have positional control for, for long periods but I I I outweigh the the big strikes from Joe uh, in that second round um, and give him every round of the fight. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I definitely think the the second was close. You know that you could argue that I scored a first to ten eight as well. He was dominating that fight, and then he hit him with that really hard right hand, which would have knocked most people out. So, like, I think that's ten eight. The third as well. I thought uh, Joe McCallaghan definitely won that, and uh, you know, onwards and upwards for him definitely. Um, Jamie Richardson as well got a good knockout there. Looks like a, an interesting prospect. Sam Creasy creased Paul Marin as well with a beautiful, uh, a beautiful <laughs> knockout, and uh, Nathaniel Wood against Josh Reed. Round of the year, fight of the year contender, comeback of the year contender, just round ab- of the year anyway. Absolute ins. I think it was comeback of the year more than round, yeah, round of the year and comeback of the year. Just mental. Like if you didn't see it, Josh Reed came out fast, hurt Nathaniel Reed, but I think it was a big right hand. Uh, was just absolutely wailing on him. Maybe landed fifty basically unanswered punches. Had him up against the fence. Looked like Goddard was going to come in and stop that. And Nathaniel Wood just unleashed a huge left hand and rocked Reed. His bones couldn't almost knocked him out. Put him up against the fence and battered him with like five, six, seven, eight, nine shots. And uh, and got the the standing uh, TKO uh, two minutes in. Uh, just magnificent fight like I, I thought I, I, I've seen Reed a couple of times before I read him as well I, but I thought Nathaniel Wood would 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 do uh, would dominate this fight but the fact that he came from behind and came back to win I, I said before I think he's one of the best prospects or the best prospect in Europe at the moment and after this you know <laughs> look, it wasn't his most impressive display but it was an impressive display of heart and, and courage and ability to pluck it out of nowhere and you know that's what champions are made of and for me to see that out of him i think i'm even more impressed than i was before even though you know he got hit an awful lot what did you think of it your your uh your the cooler skills nearly nearly took him out but um almost, <laughs> almost back and forth yeah. yeah no it was actually brilliant uh brilliant fight uh both of them just went for it i think uh goddard did mark goddard the ref did a really really good job uh every time mm. every time he told him you defend yourself or uh 
do something he he just threw some kind of even even uh, Natalian Wood actually missed by a mile with an uppercut I think it was but he, at least he was throwing like you know, every time he was prompted to like I'm, I'm the ref was like I'm looking I'm looking at stepping in here if you don't show me something he did I think I think a bit of experience there that that, that Reed should have thrown even a couple of sloppy shots back uh, when he was getting flurried at but it's hard to know what's going on in his head when he's, he's scrambled from punches as well um, but maybe just a little bit, little bit more experience, and he might have been able, he might have been able to weather the storm, and then it could have been uh, two very, very tired <laughs> fighters <laughs> battling. But um, yeah, no, Italian Wood, Nathaniel Wood, he looks, he looks really, really good. He's really come on in the last two or three fights. Uh, this one, obviously, you know, he's fighting an undefeated guy. Undefeated guys have a lot of confidence, uh, momentum, and winning mentality, and um, what's going on in your head is a, is a big part of the game. And he came in there, looked like he fully thought he was going to win, even though everybody was talking up Italian Wood as uh, one of the best uh, prospects outside of the UFC. So, well, not a lot of people, but a few people. You basically, um, <laughs> uh, Josh Reed didn't seem to care about that. He came in, he came in to win. Like you know, he wasn't intimidated in any way, and he very nearly got it done. Like I've seen, I've seen fights stopped. Like I've seen refs step in there, and maybe you could be like, oh yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, maybe a tiny bit early, but like as we were kind of saying earlier, uh, it's better a tiny bit early than a tiny bit late. I don't think there would have been too much argument if if Goddard had stopped it, but I think it was a great great piece of referee, and I think we always criticise referees when they make mistakes. So it's good to it's good to give them props when they when yeah, they kick, they contribute massively to a brilliant fight. Uh, Darren O'Gorman and Eric Nolan as well actually both picked up losses on the undercard. I, I didn't actually see those fights. Did you? Did you see them? Yeah. What way did they go? Um, yeah. Uh, Darren O'Gorman was actually looking looking really good. His striking was was looking good, and um, he he kind of just got caught, um, dropped hard, and then uh, finished. But um, I thought he was edging the fight up up until that point, but um, wasn't to be for him in the end. There's another guy, uh, Magic Jarowski, or he's kind of like a adopted or Northern Irishman uh, from Poland. He's fighting on like uh, local Irish shows at amateur and stuff as well. He lost as well. Uh, I think it was I think it was a rear naked choke in the first round. Uh, um, and then, uh, as you said, Eric Nolan, who uh, had one of the best uh, amateur fights uh, I've seen in a while with uh, Lee Hammond a couple of a couple of years ago. He lost to. Um, Sa- Sa- Sadi or s- some uh, some French guy, but uh, I think Eric Nolan has a lot of has a lot of has a, he like he'll come back. He's 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 a serious scrapper and he's he's in wars and he's tough as nails. Yeah, just before we move on to the questions as well, there's a Bellator card coming up this weekend. Um, Ryan Nelson's making his debut there against Javier Ayala. Uh, Arn P goes back and he fights Justin the Mortal Sin Lin, which is the best nickname in MMA. Paul Daly against Lorenz Larkin and Vincent Henders again against uh, Patricky Pitbull Ferrer as well. So that's that's a pretty good card. Do you fancy just the, the top two fights there? Do you fancy Lorenz Larkin against Daly like I do? <sighs> Lorenz Larkin, he's kind of... I think we've talked about this before in the podcast. He can come out and do a lot of nothing sometimes. And he's kind of um he kind of just lets fight pass him by. But yeah. hopefully, hopefully now he won't do that. He won't do that this time. But it's like, you know, he has a he has a great win. He has, I think he was strike force that he beat Robbie Lawler. He beat him handily enough. Um it's tough to know what Renz Larkin, but he has so many skills that, that I have to go with him. Yeah, I agree as well. The main, the main event, uh, Pitbull against um, 
against Vincent Henderson. That's a pretty good fight as well. Obviously, Pitbull beat Josh Thompson in his last fight. Had a good fight with Michael Chandler. Or not a good fight, sorry. He got knocked up by Michael Chandler in the, in the one before that. You know, he fought uh, Saeed Awad and beat him. And uh, Ryan Couture, he, did he lose? I think he lost to Marcy and Hild as well, yeah, before that. But, yeah, that's that should be... Um, you know, that should be a, a pretty good fight. I, I'd expect Vincent Henderson to get through that as well. I know that both them Pitbull brothers, you know, can be can be dangerous early. But I think uh, Vincent, you know, he's very tactically aware. Back at, I believe this is back at lightweight uh, again for uh, Vincent Henderson. So, yeah, I'd expect him to to pull through on that one. You, that's, a, that's a good fight. If only we could watch it, wouldn't it be amazing? <laughs> what do you think of the Aaron Pico fight? I, I know the guy has lost his last couple of fights, but I think he's like seven. seven. Three. Yeah. yeah. God, that's fool, foolhardy, brave, but foolhardy, in my opinion. Yeah, like, uh, okay, he's, he's dropped his last two fights, but uh, the guy he beat um, before that was 5-1. and one. He KO'd that guy in the first round. Um, you know, if, if a guy goes 0-2 with all the, all the hype that he had behind mm-hmm. him, the, the amount of traction he was getting, people love Olympians, they love high-caliber people, high-caliber wrestlers. Um, it's really a make or break fight for him so early in his career it really is um, yeah. it, much more experience okay he's got some kind of was it youth golden gloves or is he actually golden gloves champion or he, youth golden gloves I think yeah so he, 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 he's not a, no mug on the feet by the by sounds of things but the pressure's really on now and like he didn't really get a chance to look to look good or terrible in his last fight he just kind of it happened so quickly it was kind of all over so it'd be interesting to see what he's actually like. Uh, and I think it's, uh, as you say, it's brave uh, by Bellator. Yeah, and as we were saying before his last fight, even MMA is a lot different to wrestling. You know, this is fighting, you know, even to, to boxing. As well. This is getting going in there and having a fight. And hopefully the first one, you know, was him just being nervous. A lot of great fighters have lost their first fight and come back. I believe Sherlock had an article about it a few a few years ago. So, you know, it'd be good to see him coming through. But I wouldn't be at all sure. Right, let's get to the questions. Um... Mr. Podge and Niall Harty both ask about John Jones possibly fighting outside of the UFC if he gets a four-year ban. I, I think that's very unlikely. I don't think the UFC are going to let him do that. You know, they'll want to keep him under contract to get him back in four years when he goes. I don't think one FC will do it either. They know, you know, or any of those. Maybe the Russian lads well, would. The UFC but I, are going to release one of the pound-for-pound racks. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Podge asked again, were you surprised McKinsey Durham didn't make her way onto this tough season? Uh, Strawweight seems like a natural fit for her, or uh, Flyweight even. Uh, I was a bit surprised. She can, she? She can. She, she is a Strawweight. Does she have never made it, though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but this is Flyweight, so this is the way above it that this current tough season is on. Yeah, I think you fit in. I don't think they can trust her to make 125 even. You know, we see with John Lindbergh, we see with other lads. She could be an Anthony Anthony Rumble Johnson. Mm -hmm. She could be. Let's see her in Cyborg. Gabby Garcia, make it happen. I think she'd be in tough, but I do, I do think um, that she will be in the UFC uh, pretty soon. She needs a a couple of more fights. Right, let's get a, a couple of questions here. Kieran, the underscore Irish Kieran, is Luke Rockhold's ground and pound extremely underrated? Right, Weidman now branch. Uh, we were talking about this. I, uh, you were, you were mentioning. I definitely think it is. I think I think I don't think it's underrated. I think people who watch the sport know it, know how know what it is. He's he's shown it time and time again now. Yeah, I agree. Nickel Day asks about Mike Perry being the greatest man ever and how long he'll be 170 champ. I don't think he's the greatest man ever. He's a bit of a prick. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 you put made made some good points earlier about him being a 170 pound champ. He could be, but I don't think he's shown it 100 percent yet. He'll have to, he need that step up. I, I think. 
to, to see. Uh, Nobler at Nobs11, Triple G or Triple H? Graham, what do you think? Um, Triple G in a fight. <sighs> well, if it's a fight like the wrestling, can Triple G live with that wrestling? Can he Can he take pedigree? A pedigree. Can he take it? He can take punches from Canelo, but can he take the pedigree? Can he take the, the socket sign? Can he take a sledgehammer to the head? <laughs> Well, only one way to find Triple out. H all the way. Pay per view. <clears throat> Nick at Nick yeah. What are your guilty pleasures? What are your, what's your guilty pleasure, Graham? Um, I don't know. I'm not really guilty about anything. <laughs> I don't have any guilty pleasures these days. I'm, I'm a clean living boy these days. I, I suppose it could be music or something. So I, 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 I like a bit of Taylor Swift. There you go. There's my there's my guilty pleasure. Oh, I have some songs uh, that kind of pop songs from when I was younger that kind of nostalgic pop, songs yeah, that, that uh that, that I like that maybe I, I if I, I I'm pretty sure if I heard them now I'd be like I don't like that song but because it reminds me of like a time when I, when I was younger or certain certain times it kind of has sentimental value in some way I love a bit of the great British British bake-off as well and uh <laughs> and them. I love them. I, I love watching cake making shows like cake boss and all them and I don't like cakes I, I'm actually cake. not a big fan of cake either. I remember my mum used to get me ice cream cakes when I was younger because I was never a big fan of cakes. Oh, I like them though. Fionetta. Oh, I... fuck it. I go for a bit of Fionetta though. Um, actually, now that you're back, we haven't talked about it. Do you, have you watched Game of Thrones? No, no. I watched an episode and a half. Or I, just, I just didn't like it. Oh, you, no, you have to watch it from the start. It's the greatest show I ever made. Like, it's, it's actually unbelievable. I ain't got to do shit. You do. I watched it in uh, 26 days or something like that, and I thought it was really great, like 67 episodes. Patrick watched it all in a week, the whole thing in one week, 67 hours. Yeah, but there's something wrong with you, though. So. Yeah, there is. There's something wrong with him more. Wally Frogmore, at Wally Frogmore, asks, how hard is it again to judging combat sports? I'm not very hard. You have to go jump through hoops, but... I, yeah, but I don't I'm think you're pretty, pretty that good at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure you just have to go to a couple of courses and basically uh, not be a complete idiot. Uh, well, you might slip through the net, and there is a few. <laughs> Adelaide Bird is is definitely not. Um, I think she uh, she's she said some very controversial things in the past. I think she did an interview. She, for some reason, she was doing an interview with somebody uh, backstage, and she said she she didn't score some some criteria that is in the rules that she has to score. And people were like, "Here, she just kind of ignore the rules and just what's going on." Like, <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm really, really against them. Um, uh, judges doing interviews with just going on podcasts and stuff like that. I don't, no, I don't mind it. Like, fair enough. If there's a decision you made a bad decision, you know, do an interview with someone. And leave it at that. It's fair enough, but I don't think they should be going on. You know, every week there's a bad score in this. You know, someone gets them on their podcast, they talk about it, or you go to a paper and talk about it. Or something. I don't like that. Like judges are supposed to be there. You do your job, and you you know you stay out of it. I, you know, I, I think that I think it's kind of the same with referees and other officials as well. Uh, that's I kind of just think that that's the way it should be. You know, and commissions and people like that. Uh, I I think they're better off staying, you know, behind the scenes and doing their job to the to the full of their ability and don't be coming out and saying so. Right, let's move on. We've three questions there from Noblar James at King Rinley One, which Graham reference there, and our our very own AO Daily asking about Mike um, Mike Perry. Uh, AO asks about uh, him fighting Lawler, and the other guys ask about him possibly being the champion. We discussed possible possibly in champion what do you think of that Lawler fight he called out Robbie Lawler afterwards um I think it's actually I didn't I think actually probably go Perry and now I think I think Lawler really I think I think Lawler I think he might be done 
not done, but like I think his his best days are behind him, and I think um, I think uh, I don't know. I have a weird feeling that, that um, Robbie Lawler is just he's going to fall off a cliff any minute now. Maybe I thought he looked good against Cerrone. He was a bit ring rusty, really? but I thought he looked grand. Yeah. He would have absolutely anyway. smashed Throny about a year ago, though, or that two years so ago. Fairness. But I, Mike Perry's good, like, but I think Robbie Lawler is unbelievable. And I think if he gets into a Mike Perry type fight against Robbie Lawler, I don't think he has the power of Tyron Woodley. He's good power, like, but I think if it goes into that fight, I think there's only one man winning that, and I think it's probably Robbie Lawler. But yeah, I, I think when you've had as many fights from, from since you were what 18 or whatever it is for Robbie Lawler, yeah. it's been around, like you're bound to fall off a cliff at some stage. And I think the, the the day is coming soon. I think maybe, uh, Maybe it could be the kind of coming out party for a Perry where people are like, hold on, this guy's legit. But maybe maybe the, the wily veteran uh, skills of, of of Robbie Lawler and how damn hard he is. Just a tough cunt. Yeah. Um, willing to, like, maybe some fight, I'd say they both bite down their mouthpieces and swing. You know, I think it, I think it would be a, it'd be a barn burner. But I, I have a sneaky feeling that maybe, uh, maybe Perry might win that. Maybe. Johnny Bourne asked MMA talk over underscore ass with Rockall and Weidman teasing going to 205. How do you think they do against DC, Gustafson and Ozemir? I don't think they do very well. Maybe against Ozemir, but not against DC and Gustafson, I don't think. I'm, I'm a big fan of Ozemir, but it's actually hard to tell exactly where he is. Um, yeah. He just keeps sparking guys so quickly that you don't want really to get to see what's going on. You don't get to see. He hasn't been tested in lots of areas because, <clears throat> because he just keeps knocking people out. And I think a lot of people said the same thing about McGregor for, for, uh, for years, but I think I think in the Holloway fight, a lot of that was answered. I don't think Ozemir's had his Holloway fight yet, like where he where he shows more to his game or or holes get get exposed in his game. Um, yeah, I do. Do other Gustafsson and Cormier, I think would absolutely destroy them. Um, but Gustafsson, Gustafsson's kind of a little bit unreli- not unreliable, but he's a bit inconsistent. Um. Sometimes he looks brilliant, and other times he looks a bit uh, like that time he fought uh, uh, Manoa in Sweden. I think he looked a bit nervous or something. He didn't look great. And there was another one where he, where he got knocked out by Rumble. Obviously, that's Rumble, and he hits like a truck. But um, they, they were kind of lackluster performances. And then other times he's on his bike, he's working the job, he's mm. he's he's running rings around people. So I think he's a bit hit and miss. But um, I, I definitely wouldn't see either of them beating Daniel Cormier anyway. I agree. Uh, we'll, two or three more questions here. We'll get through them pretty quickly. Tenacious Dipser asks about Rockhold and who's next for him weakness in his boxing. I definitely think he's weakness in his boxing. Yeah, I think we kind of agreed on maybe Jack Ray next would, would be a good result for him. Bootneck Andy at, uh, at Bootneck Andy, Andy Hall asks, which damaged uh, boxing more, Triple G and Canelo or McGregor Mayweather? Neither. I don't think either of them did. Yeah, I think that's a lot of bullshit. It's a, lot, a lot of people just trying to talk. People haven't been talking about boxing as much as they uh, are right now for, for years. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, got people talking. Uh, and you're going to ask uh, about boxing. <clears throat> yeah, it's a severe boxing podcast. Paddy Pimblett recently mentioned a fight with uh, Martin Stapleton. Does it happen and who wins? Graham? Um, does it happen? Um, well, uh, I can't remember who Paddy Pimblett already has a fight lined up, doesn't he? He's, so, he's, yeah. he's, he's on the, the, the Big Warriors Liverpool event. So, um, uh, Stapes, like he's been around for 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 a long time. He was on was it the Ultimate Fighter, one of the one of the first few Ultimate Fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on the one Bisbing was on, I think maybe was he? I'm not sure actually, but he was on one of the early ones anyway. He's been around, I think maybe. 
Paddy Pimblet's got a he's got questions uh, like hanging over his head now. Like, uh, okay, he a lot of people think he lost his second last fight. A lot of people th- think he won that fight. Uh, I don't think many people oh, were saying that. that watching? I, I think not Narmani fighting. There's not much. There wasn't much people. There wasn't many people saying that. Uh, uh Paddy was screwed or anything. So I think, I think um, it's 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 a, it's a huge fight for Paddy here and um, this one in Liverpool. And I think uh, I, I I think Stapes, it's it, it's a risk to, to fight Stapes. He's a wily veteran, but I think Paddy Paddy Pimlet would win that. But I, I don't really see it happening. I I'd love to see the Brendan uh, Brendan Lachnan fight uh, with Paddy Pimlet. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Kieran Farty, Kenham Dublin, Minfondro, they almost definitely will. Uh, Farrell Connolly asks about Nathaniel Wood. What do you think should be next for him? I, I'd like to see him get one more in, in Kejwars, maybe even do the rematch before he goes to the UFC. But I think if he went to the UFC now, it'd be, it'd be great. Um, two, last two, Irish MMA at Irish MMA. It's a pretty field part. It couldn't go across where it located where it's one, one off. Point, yeah. uh, Irish MMA, opinion on Joe McCulligan's nickname. It's is it not kind of stupid since he's only ever fought one SPG guy? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think don't it, like this. At amateur, it, it was kind of given to him, and he kind of he's a laid back guy. He kind of went with it, but I think now it's kind of a bit. You need to, you need to kind of forget about that and kind of build your own yeah, your own thing. And so send in some suggestions uh, if you have any good ones about Joe McCulligan, what his nickname should be. If you if you come up with something good, well, you could be uh, you could have the the privilege of of naming him. Until until he just does it. If you come up with a good one, anybody, listeners. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm the best at coming up with nicknames. So mm. I don't know. What you watching? Whereabouts is he from? Say again. Where is he from? Oh, he's from Belfast. Right? I, think. I think so. Yeah. What about like Joe, the Belfast boy, McCulgan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I like that. Let's 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 run with that job. Irish job. Irish job. <laughs> Irish job. We need another Irish job. <laughs> uh, all right. Last one for Nickel again. Who's the most talented 185 pounder in the world? Uh, the most talented, or the best? Not not the best. The but best. Most talented. Instead of not the best. Jesus, it's actually it's kind of up in the air at the moment. It's like it actually could be GSP. It could be. If, if GSP can can do what he's done in the past, he could take down all these guys and smother them and bore fest like he did for years. But I think who's I think Whitaker. I think Whitaker is probably the, he's probably the most he's probably the best. I think Whitaker is the best. I think he's taken strides. He, he some fighters kind of hit a plateau and they don't really get much better. But I think Whitaker's still getting better as well. So I think uh, I think it's going to be very um, hard for anybody to beat Whitaker. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is the best underneath five under world. He destroyed Whitaker. There you go. Uh, right, let's, <laughs> no, I think Whitaker is as well, to be honest. Yeah, he's he's improved enough. Uh, uh, yeah, no, GSP could just lay on him, though. GSP, like, if he gets that takedown, he's not taking any chances. He's not giving you any space. He's just going to lay on you. Um, that could happen. It could happen. Could happen. Right, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you to everyone for listening. Please, please tweet it out. Uh, at Severe Pod, tag us in it. We, we'll retweet it. Please go over to uh, SoundCloud even if you get an iTunes or something else go over to SoundCloud give us a subscription subscribe there that's very important for us at the moment iTunes as well or, or anywhere else subscribe download the podcast give it a listen uh, and, and tweet it out put it on Facebook all good things like that uh, severemail.com forward slash merchandise as well buy t-shirts and stuff like that over there there's pretty some pretty cool stuff up there uh, and that's what I did anything else Graham before we go yeah no I had a bit does there
Right, here's the inspirational quote for the week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you don't say nothing, you're never going to make something happen. See you next Tuesday or Monday.